just said, can I see a show of hands? And I saw somebody put their hand up. And I'm thinking, whoa, you don't even know what I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> At the back there. Okay, can I see a show of hands of the people who have got all their presents ready? They're ready for Christmas and they've bought all the presents. Anyone? Oh, wow, that's really good. That's really good. Anyone say 70% there? Ooh, 50%. 0%. <laughs> well, I've bought two presents, and I'm determined to get all my presents done by the end of this week. I am determined, but the truth is, I'm one of those people who, on Christmas Eve, I'm out in the shops running around trying to get the last present. And you know, retailers love people like me because we are desperate. And they've got us over a barrel and they put out all the tat. And we're running around trying to get something because we found out that this auntie with her three kids are coming on Boxing Day and they're probably going to bring gifts so you need to quickly get something. And that's, at this time, I'm in Marks and Spencers and I'm looking at the tin of biscuits and I'm thinking, you know what, a tin of biscuits, that would just knock three kids out, you know. And then I think, why? Why didn't I not buy those tin of biscuits in October when they were half price? And I didn't care about Christmas and now they're £7.50, they were £3.50 in October. Why didn't I do it? And you know, and another thing that's really annoying is that they, they put all the prices up and then a week later, so you buy something for £10 and then a week later it's £1.50. It's so annoying. So I'm determined to have everything ready by next week. And so I have seen lots of Christmases, so I know what is to come. But sometimes there are things that we're expecting and we don't know what it's, what it's going to be like, like a baby. Now I've got two kids. And my husband has always said, with the two, you know, when I've been pregnant, he said, you know what, Denise, we talk about the baby, we buy things for the baby, but you know, I just can't get my head around the fact that there's going to be a baby. And I just think he must be so removed from the situation because I'm pregnant, I can feel the baby, I can see my tummy getting bigger, I can hear the heartbeat when we go to the hospital, I see elements of the baby on the ultrasound, but I can't even get my head around the fact that there is a baby. And it's like, when, they, when the baby comes out, it's like, oh, look, there's a baby. <laughs> That's how it's always been with my son and my daughter. It's like, oh, okay, I have a baby. That's how it feels. And so, there are lots of things where we need to prepare for what we cannot see. And that is what I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to be talking about that space, that space between having that desire and asking God to do something and then getting it. So you have that space. And in that space, I'm going to be honing in on preparing for what you cannot see. So I'm just going to say a prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much. And I just ask you to please, can you reveal to us what you want us to know? And just help me in delivering this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I've got a diagram, and the diagram is about to come up. Okay, so as you can see, you've got A and you've got B. And you've got that space between, if you can see in the middle, what I'm talking about. So. In A, you have that desire, that calling, that promise. And in B, you have that blessing, that ministry, that fulfillment. 
And so in A, you have hope, and hope is like the launch pad. When you ask God to do something, you have that hope. Now in Romans 8, 24 to 25, we learn what hope is. It is, for in this hope, we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait patiently. So we're gonna go back to the diagram. Now in the middle, you have faith, and faith is that driving vehicle to get you to be, yeah? And we are meant to have faith in action. Now just to have, let's have a look at Hebrews 11, verse one, and it says what faith is. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That's what faith is. Now when I was about 20 years old, I lost my faith. I lost what I thought was my faith in God. I was at a Christian college in England and I was doing a British degree and this college has affiliations with American colleges, American Christian colleges. And I really wanted to go and study media at this college. And so the teacher said to me, that's fine if you want to do that. But the thing is, you have just done one year of a British degree. And if you go to this college, you're going to have to do some American um, subjects, American general studies. You can do that. But if you don't go to this college, you're going to have wasted two years, have one British, half of, you know, a bit of a British degree and a bit of an American degree. So I prayed about it. And God didn't really say no, he didn't really say yes, but I thought, if I believe he's gonna do something, he's gonna provide the money for me to go to this college. And so what I did, I acted in faith. I abandoned my British degree and I did started this American degree. And during that time, I prayed. I really hung on to the fact that it says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, move. And I really believed, you know what, God? I'm gonna walk in faith. I'm gonna do everything I need to do to get to be. And during that time, I was just going, God, I'm trusting. I don't know, I need the money. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. God didn't really do it, you know, say anything, but I prayed. And then, just before I was meant to go, I booked my flights, everything. Just before I was meant to go, I realized that the money hadn't come through. The money didn't come through. And all that time, I held on to faith that I just believed in what I couldn't see. And when I found out that I wasn't going, I was so upset with God, so upset that I couldn't even get angry with him. I just remember just being in a room and I just said to God, I don't get you, I don't get you. And I put my hands up in the air and I just said, I don't get you, all right, I don't get you. And I remember going to my mum's church and I was sitting at the front because my mum loves to sit at the front. And it was testimony time and people were going up saying, God is so good. He healed me, he, you know, he, they, they were just saying all these amazing things about God, he answers your prayers, he does the impossible, and I remember sitting there with this face, and I had that face to God to say, yeah, well it doesn't apply to me because you don't work, that's what I was doing, I was so angry, I was just so upset. Anyway, a couple of 
weeks later, I went on holiday and I found a book on faith and it was a tiny book and I think God made it tiny because if it was a big book, I probably wouldn't have read it. And it was a small little 30 page book and I couldn't put it down. I was on holiday and I was reading about faith. And one of the things that I learned in this book is that God wants to know everything about you. He wants to know your desires. He cares about you so much. He wants to know everything that you're longing for. My son, I want to know what he wants for Christmas. He wants something that is in another country. I don't know how I'm going to get it, but I want to know because I want to be close to my son. And it's the same thing with God. He wants to know. Weeks later, I had another prayer request and I said to God, and I approached faith differently. I said to God, God, I know you want to know what was on my heart, and I'm telling you what's on my heart. I believe that you can do it. There is nothing that you cannot do. I believe in the impossible, but this is the different part. This is what I had learned. I said to God, if you want to do it, If you want to do it, God, it's up to you. I trust you, I trust you. I may not understand why it hasn't happened. I don't know what I'm gonna do if it doesn't happen, but you are God. You are God and you know what's right and I trust you. And that is what I did differently. And since then, that is how I've had faith in God. So we're gonna go back to the diagram. So you've got faith in action. It's the vehicle to get you from A to B. And in that space, we should prepare for what we cannot see. Now, when you look at people in the Bible, they, many people prepared for what they couldn't see. You look at Noah. He built an ark. God told him to build an ark. When he built that ark, there wasn't the flood. It wasn't like he saw the flood and thought, all right, let me quickly make a boat. He built it, he prepared for what he couldn't see. So he, he, he didn't see, there was, no, there was no clouds. And he built that out for his family and for the animals. Joseph, he prepared for the five years of famine in Egypt. So he took from the five years of plenty and he prepared for what he couldn't see. The three wise men, they prepared to see Jesus. They followed the stars and they went. They brought gifts. We don't know what they did in order to get those gifts, what sacrifices they made, but they prepared for what they could not see. It wasn't like they had Twitter or Instagram where they saw a picture of Jesus or it was you know, confirmed he is born and they thought, all right, let's go. They went in advance. And so many people prepared for what they could not see. Even the children of Israel, they left their home and they went into the wilderness and they went in faith to their promised home. But it's so hard, isn't it? It's so hard to prepare for what you can't see. And when I think of how hard it is, I think of a few types of people who approach this. So you've got one type of person where they're just focused on B. They're focused on the blessing. They're focused on God answering their prayer. They're just wanting God, answer my prayer, please, please, please. And they're just focusing, I just need my prayer answered. And they focus on it so much that they get so exhausted and they get frustrated and overwhelmed and sometimes they just can't be bothered to think about it and then they go back and they just keep thinking 
And sometimes in that part, they think that God's abandoned them because they haven't, he hasn't answered their prayer. And they ask godly people, please pray for me, I need to get to there. I need that blessing. You've got that person who's focused on getting the end result, not thinking about the space between. And then you've got a person who doesn't even think hardly about the blessing. In fact, they're too scared. They have a lot of fear instead of faith. They find it hard to hope because hope just feels too heavy. In fact, when they approach God, it feels like a lottery, a one million, you know, a million to one chance that God is gonna do something. And then you may even have another person where they have got a calling, they've had a promise, but they're so scared. And in that space, they do nothing. And they just coast along, and they just don't want to think about it, and hoping that something will happen, and they are just drifting along. So my question to you is, when you think of what you're asking, what you're wanting God to do, where are you? Where are you in all of this? Are you just focused on what you want? Are you finding it hard to even ask God, to even hope? Are you in complete denial? Or are you in that space and actively preparing for what you cannot see? So you may ask me, why is it important to prepare for what you cannot see? Well, the first thing is that preparing for what you cannot see develops your character. Develops your character. I have a son who is six. In fact, before I talk about my son, in preparing for your, your developing your character, you transform. You transform in that space so that you can receive that blessing or that where you can actually deal with your issues and you leave them in that space and you don't take it to the next phase of your life. I have a son who is six years old and we walk 20 minutes every day to his school. There is a really good school opposite my house, and we are on the list for him to get to that school. It's a good school, it's a primary school, it's an all-through school. He can stay there till he's 18 if he wants to. And we are number one on that list, and we're praying that he can get in. However, the school he goes to is a good school, but I've got a few reservations on how my son fits into that school, because sometimes he tells me that he doesn't have many friends. And sometimes he says to me that he didn't play with anyone that day. I know, when I tell people, they go, oh yeah, they all say it, they all say it. But sometimes when he says it, it breaks my heart. And also, he will say to me that some children have been mean to him. And I get to a point where I'm at the school gate and I'm literally holding myself back not to confront a little six-year-old. And <laughs> I have to say, you know what, Denise, you're a big, you're a grown woman, stop it. And my husband always says to me, Do you, know, you know what, Denise, he's not really, <laughs> I think you are transferring a lot of your wounds and your rejection on your son, on our son, sorry, who's our son? <laughs> on our son. And it's sometimes quite hard to hear that. You know, when someone confronts you with the truth, it's a bit hard to hear. But anyway, we walk 20 minutes to this school, and so we meet lots of children who go to the school we're looking to go to. And my son has befriended a few of these children. And I can't wait, oh wow, you're gonna go to the school and you're gonna have friends. 
But the other day, two of these kids were mean to my son, and a lot of the issues that I have came up, and I just felt really upset. And I felt God say to me, you know what, Denise? You have a problem. You, you need to deal with your issues, your wounds, because you're going to take that into the new school. And that's the same thing with the space that we have. Some of us have got things we need to deal with, and we need to deal with it now before we take it to the next stage. I live in a flat, and I walk past beautiful houses every day, and my prayer is that we will be able to afford one of these houses. And God is saying to me, Denise, I want you to learn to take care of the three rooms in the bathroom that you have before you take on seven, eight, nine, ten plus rooms. It's the truth. And sometimes, I mean, like some of us may want a better job and we think we need more money and with more money comes more responsibility and we're in the job that we have now and we need to focus on learning everything in that job and what God wants us to learn so that we can receive what is to come. Some of us want a better relationship with our spouse and it's all their fault, all their fault. And in this space, we have the opportunity to develop or to change ourselves. We have that opportunity. Some of us may even want to be married. They think that will be the answer. And you're not married yet. And at this point in that space, you have the opportunity to take care of the relationships that you've got now, the relationships you've got with your family, the relationships you've got with your friends, the relationship with yourself, and most importantly, the relationship with God. This is the time in that space we can develop. We can develop our character. And this brings me to my last point that in that space, in preparing for what we can't see, we can develop our relationship with God. In that space is where we have faith in God. And faith in God means to trust in God. And to trust in God is to know God. And to know God is to have a relationship with God. God wants to have a relationship with you through Jesus. And he wants an intimate relationship with you. He wants to have all, he wants access to everything. Access to everything so he can have an intimate relationship with you. Some of us are focused on the goal because if we get that goal, it's going to make us happy, it's going to make us secure, it's going to make us feel comfortable, it's going to make everything okay, it's going to make us feel that we are in peace. But the truth is, we have all of that in Jesus right now, right now while we wait. We have that. Jesus says, oh, you know, he, he, want, he wants a relationship. And I know it's so hard to give everything to God sometimes. It's hard, especially our desires, especially if the people who are meant to love us, like our parents, never really cared about our desires, never really affirmed us in our desires. How hard, how easy is it to give that to God when the people on earth don't really care? But he does. He says he will supply all our needs, what we deeply long for, 
deeply long for. And what I'm talking about is that love and that security. I can testify, and I mean this, I've been in a position where I've been in bed at night where I've been so empty and I've felt so abandoned and I've said, God, please come and fill me up. And he has. I have walked where I felt so lonely and I just needed a friend. I just needed love and Jesus has walked with me and he has shown me that love and I've received his love. So we can do that. So I want to encourage you that as you're in that space, as you prepare for what you cannot see, do it with Jesus, walk with Jesus. He will help you. He will help you deal with your issues. He will help you with the fear you ask him for more faith. He will be with you because he loves you. So if I can get the band up right now, and I'm just gonna pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much. Lord, I just ask you to please, wherever we are, whatever stage we're at, I just pray that you will come in and you will show us and just assure us that you are with us. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Help us to prepare for what we cannot see. We thank you for what you're going to do in the future. In Jesus' name, amen.